one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/malicious compliance video. Today we've got a story of an ex backing out on a long-term agreement. But first, a story from Ancient Educator 76 make it look like the picture. A little drive-through malicious compliance for you. I work at Mendy's, your typical American drive-through burger joint. I have a ton of requests as I'm taking orders for my headset, whether it be make everything fresh, which is hilarious because we literally have no choice as we are made to order. No salt, no sauce, everything on it. Everything? That's another malicious compliance for another day, and one that I get too often, up to and including tonight, make it look like the picture. The way this particular customer said it, how he prefaced it with a little, hey watch this, whispered to his buddies, gave me no choice but to find a way to maliciously comply. I simply said, oh it'll be picture perfect. I recruited my back-of-house homie Ryan to help me with this part. I used my buddy button on my headset to talk to him directly and said, Hey wait dude, got a plan. I took a picture of Ryan holding the raw meat, a picture of him putting the burger, slightly crooked enough to look imperfect on the bun. Next was a picture of him sprinkling shredded lettuce over the burger. We don't even shred lettuce for burgers. While two others in the background are pointing and looking like this is some serious stuff going down. We took pictures throughout the bagging process, and six minutes later, we opened the sliding glass windows like they're curtains, only to show a video montage of the 12 pictures taken, set to Apple iPad sad piano music. Oh, for Christ's sake, that's not what I meant. Now I'm gonna be late. It was 10 p.m. Didn't know what he was gonna be late for, but all things considered, I think we did pretty darn good. If you ever go to a fast food place like a Mendy's or a Wickdonald's, would you ever expect to get anything that looks as perfect as the picture on the wall advertising the food? What about even if you asked for picture perfect? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Lara Lyon. You want me to go use 8 full weeks of mandatory notice? Sure, I'll be on vacation for 7 of them. Definitely not as malicious as the other stories on this page, but here's mine. Short background, in the country I'm in, your notice period depends on how long you've worked at the company. The longer you've worked, the earlier you have to hand in your resignation. However, if you talk with your direct manager and they're okay with it, HR tends to not make it an issue. I left company A that I'd spent four and a half years with, reasons too long here to list, but underpaid, overworked, and too many promises of promotions never given for another offer. My new company, Company B, wanted me to start as soon as possible and asked if Company A would let me go early. I talked with my director, and although he was upset, he also understood and said I could leave in two weeks. At the end of the pay cycle, when I went to hand in my resignation to my HR business partner, because he knew I occupied a key position and was the only person left in a management slash leadership position that wasn't hired in the last two years, everyone else had also resigned for the reasons above, he wouldn't be able to replace me quickly. 
and he tried to enforce my mandatory notice period, which was eight weeks for me, citing some BS excuse. I asked if he was joking since my director had approved my resignation already, but he was adamant that I had to work for another eight weeks. Another quick fact in my country, employers are not allowed to reject requests for PTO because they want to avoid having to pay out accrued days upon resignation, and legal government issues arise if the Social Security Administration catches on that people are overworked. Plus, if anyone calls or asks for anything work-related during your PTO, it's grounds for a lawsuit where the employer always loses. So after the HRBP insisted, I opened up my laptop next to him and submitted a leave request for all 42 days I'd accrued over the years, around 7 weeks, effective the following week. Now, you might ask how I saved up 40 plus days of leave. Well, because I was in a critical position overseeing operations and was on call 24-7, and even when I was on vacation, always called up and asked to work or oversee and approve something in exchange for what was essentially unpaid, unofficial overtime, and always working during holidays, I was allowed to not have to use my PTO officially. HR started stammering and asking what I was doing, to which I replied, entering my vacation days. Just an FYI, I won't be replying to any messages, emails, or phone calls for the next two months, including any two-factor authentications. I had over 50 active company accounts registered to me. Oh, and in full transparency, I will be working for the other company in the meantime. See you. My resignation was processed in 15 minutes. Isn't it a shame that this company, who you gave everything to for four and a half years, tried to shortchange you and try to take advantage of you every step of the way towards your way out the door, and only unrelented and gave you everything you could have ever have asked for, only after they realized it would be severely not in their best interest? I guess that's just how it goes. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories, like our next story from Brother P, I Want Chicken. A recent story from a user sparked a memory of when I was a teenager. My parents had a traditional, if stormy, marriage where my mother was tasked with all the housework, including cooking for our large family, six kids. My father was, at the time, a mean drunk who never missed a chance to insult my mother, berate me and my siblings for trivial issues, and generally be a butthat. Out of nowhere one day, he got mad because she cooked too many different dishes for dinner. Drunk and slobbering, he rambled on about having chicken and all his imaginary grievances with my mother's cooking. I like chicken. I don't want god darn roast beef five times a week. I like chicken. I want chicken. Cue malicious compliance. Since my mother had to do the grocery shopping, really my dad didn't do much, she bought chicken. Lots and lots of chicken. Chicken thighs, chicken legs, whole chickens, quarter chickens, broilers, boilers, fryers, and fillets. She made him chicken every freaking day for weeks. And she overcooked it for good measure. He drunk cried after coming home to chicken dinner for the 18th day in a row. I mean, this kind of just serves him right for being an ungrateful husband when their wife is going and doing everything for them and providing them with a quality meal that they didn't have to work for at all, 
You're going to sit there like a toddler in your diaper going, No, I want chicken. Just like a little toddler might say that they want mac and cheese. Okay, you, you really want that? You're going to make such a big stink. See how you enjoy it for three weeks in a row. This next story is from What Now, Fool, Huh? Oh, you want to cut in line? When I was attending university in the cafeteria, the cashiers had those two-line checkout areas. You know, the ones that are made to shorten the line, not the number of people. The cashier takes the person on one side, then on the other. I joined the line of four to five people. There's no left or right thing happening because it's like 8 p.m. We're just quietly in line. When I become the second person in line, about three to four people are after, some guy walks up to the opposite side like it's his turn next. No one else seems to have a problem with this. I speak up and say, hey man, there's other people in this line. You can't just step in front of them. He responds with something like, there's two lines, no one was in this line. This entitled jerk starts to piss me off and I start laying into him. The cashier's starting to get uncomfortable and says, I'll check you out before him. I do a quick think and reply, okay, as long as you check me out before him, I'm good. I go serene and the entitled jerk does too. I look at the person behind me and the next words that come out of my mouth are, you can go next. I did this till the few people that were waiting patiently had gone through the checkout process. I paid for my food and thanked the cashier as we mutually smiled at each other. The jerk was still standing there all pissy. Double malicious compliance. I mean, yeah, I don't really know what this guy expected. Like, yeah, there were two lines so you could walk right up to the front. But it's only fair to help out the people that were waiting there much longer than this guy was. I think it goes without saying, and everybody can say it with me, nobody likes a line cutter. And our final story of the day is from Chick with an Attitude. Ex-husband backed out on his agreement, ended up costing him so much more in the long run. My ex-husband and I had a great divorce. Even though he cheated on me after 12 years and two kids under four, I really wanted to do things differently than my parents did during their divorce. I never said anything negative about him and tried very hard to defend him when the kids got upset with him. I extended invitations to the woman he left me for so she wouldn't feel uncomfortable with me and we became friends. She was basically their stepmom so why not include her on everything? On holidays we all had one big dinner, he and her and me and my boyfriend. This made everyone comfortable and the kids never had to choose one side or the other as we were all on the same page. It was such a great relationship that when I had back surgery, I recovered at his house and she cooked for me. He and I were coaches for the kids basketball and baseball teams and I helped at their wedding 13 years later. This was not easy for me as he moved to another state to raise her children, leaving me to raise ours on my own. She quit her job when they got together and I had to return to work to support my kids. But I needed to keep the resentment and bitterness away from my kids. All of this sets the tone for the divorce, but when he initially left, I spoke to a lawyer and got a separation agreement that was really great for me. He asked that I not take half of his retirement, but instead he would pay X in child support and additional Y in alimony because he was making a lot of money and I was a stay-at-home mom with a country club membership. Yuck, I hated saying that, but it was only to set the scene. Normally, alimony ends after five years, but because I didn't get half of the 401k, the only condition on ending it was that it would end on my remarriage or my death. He agreed on all of it, 
The thing is, when he left me to move down to where she lived, he left his cushy job and took this promising, but not delivering, position that really screwed him financially. But he never went back to the lawyer to get the child support or alimony reduced. Instead, he borrowed from his mother. When I discovered that he was mooching off of her, I suggested to her that she stop paying for him when he finally got back on his feet. She would never do that and continued paying for his life and for her to be a stay-at-home mom, even co-signing for a second home for him when he finally moved back to raise his kids. Hers had graduated and lived in his old house, ours were in high school. He did come to me and ask if I would accept regular child support and half of the alimony. Then later, when he was really earning money, he would pick back up on the past due amount. Not wanting to make waves in an otherwise great divorce, I said yes and kept track of each month of what was owed in a shared spreadsheet with him so he could see how far in debt he was getting each month. He ended up owing me $100 a month times 10 years, but he said when the kids aged out of child support, he would continue to pay the same amount to make up for the alimony, which totaled $120,000. When my daughter aged out, he continued to pay the same amount putting a small dent in what he owed for three years. Then, as soon as my son aged out, I mean two weeks after he joined the Marines, he called me and told me there was no way he was going to continue paying me for the next X years, and I could take him to court if I wanted, but there's no freaking way he would pay me another cent. This completely blew my mind, as we had a fantastic relationship and it came out of nowhere. I was completely freaked out, but I took his advice. I contacted an attorney. I sent all of his calls to voicemail, per my attorney's advice, and I took him to court. The best thing was, prior to the hearing, my attorney put a lien on both homes, so he couldn't change ownership to his mom or wife prior to the court hearing. I still have the phone call recording when he realized this and the horrible names he called me for doing that. Since I'd kept such immaculate records from the day he changed payments, and he was aware of his debt rising each month, it was a slam dunk for my attorney. Instead of making small payments for a few years, he had 30 days to pay me $120,000 in full. Unfortunately, the kids now have to choose which parent they visit on holidays, but that was not my fault. I was willing to continue as is and not put any strain on the family relationship. And for those who are wondering, yes, he did cheat on her two times before they got married, but she had quit her job when they got together because she found a sugar daddy and had nothing to fall back on and nowhere to go. So she stayed with him. Since we were friends, she shared this info with me, as I would understand what she was going through. Well, first of all, it sounded like this guy kind of gambled with the job and probably it never really paid off. That said, this guy was toying around with those finances and considering the way they treated it at the very end when all the kids aged out, it seems to suggest to me that they were doing this only to try to save them money in the long run. Like just trying to cut the cost down and then when the kids age out, just cut it off and accept that I guess they probably got a discount. But OP wasn't going to let that go and like they asked, OP took them to court. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.